Hey, it's Andrew, and today on the show, we have Brian Plaster, CEO and co-founder of Complete CSM. In this episode, Brian shared his experience starting customer success from scratch at multiple organizations and helping Informatica and Talend move from on-premise software sales to cloud subscription businesses. We then talked about the evolution of customer success over the last 15 years, followed by how to create customer evangelists using workshops and success days. We wrapped up the episode with Brian sharing the motivations for starting Complete CSM and how they help their customers uncover the customer signals throughout their life cycle. As usual, I'm excited to hear what you think of this episode. And if you have any feedback, I would love to hear from you. You can email me directly on andrew at churn.fm. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and enjoy the episode. Today's episode is sponsored by Avrio, a collaborative insights platform built directly into your workflow. With a browser extension and web app, Avrio provides a new way to capture and share data analysis, user research, and learnings directly in context with your team. From data dashboards, Google Slides, and Slack threads, to inside of apps and team members' heads, Avrio captures all of your insights and creates a single source of truth. Visit avrio.com to learn how you can maximize your team's collective knowledge with Avrio. This is Churn.fm, the podcast for subscription economy pros. Each week, we hear how the world's fastest growing companies are tackling churn and using retention to fuel their growth. How do you build a habit-forming product? We crossed over that magic threshold to negative churn. You need to invest in customer success. It always comes down to, to retention and engagement. Completely bootstrap, profitable, and growing. Strategies, tactics, and ideas brought together to help your business thrive in the subscription economy. I'm your host, Andrew Michael, and here's today's episode. Hey, Brian, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. It's a pleasure for the listeners. Brian is the CEO and co-founder of Complete CSM, a customer success platform combining conversational AI with sentiment analytics to help you get to the heart of each customer interaction. Prior to Complete CSM, Brian has held several global VP of customer success roles at Trifecta, Talent, and Informatica, and started out his career as a technical sales engineer. So my first question for you, Brian, is what made you make the switch and dive into customer success? Yeah, well, I've been in customer success for, for quite a while, right? And so what I found was before it even became a thing, right? We, it was just trying to, how do you make customers successful so they're happy? Right. And then as subscription started to come upon us, we said, okay, well, this is something that's important, right? Let's make sure that everyone is successful and happy so that they actually renew with us. Right. So I, I was lucky enough to be part of that journey, um, even about 12 years ago, of, okay, well, what is this thing called customer success? And I want to be part of it, right? Because it really matters. Very cool. Um, so you, you've been in customer success for quite a while then before the show, we chatted a little bit about some of the experience that you had transitioning businesses, uh, from, uh, regular software sales and on-prem to subscription models. And, uh, I think it'd be interesting for us to dive into that experience a little bit today. Uh, obviously you mentioned you haven't gone through that, uh, twice. And I think Adobe is probably one of the bigger success stories we hear about, but there's many, many companies that made this transition. So, uh, maybe talk us through a little bit about sort of your experience in Informatica and starting off with like, what was the base premise? Like, what was the tipping point? If we, if we have to put that, that the company said, okay, like we need to make this transition. Uh, that, that, that's fantastic. Uh, yeah. You know, when I was at Informatica, that was around the time Adobe was the first one, 
Yeah. And they, they saw that as long as they prefaced the market with what they were doing, they were working on this new thing. Um, their, their market cap didn't completely die. <laughs> right. And, and so they kind of set the stage for, Hey, everyone needs a transition to description because it's better for everybody. It's better for customers. It's better for the company. Um, it's really a new, a new way to look at this financial modeling uh, with customers. And so when I was at Informatica, I was in pre-sales and we had this new thing called a trial. And this was quite a while ago, but we said, okay, well, trials are, are super interesting because if a customer is successful in the trial, then they're going to buy from us. Right. So I started trial success, um, at that company. Um, and we had a lot of success there because it, it converted a bunch of trials into deals and then in big enterprise deals. Um, but then what we said was, you know, actually now we have customers using the product, but they didn't get very, very far past the trial. <laughs> they just bought this subscription, but they're not doing anything. So we said, okay, well, let's figure out not only what they're doing with usage data, right. But then how they feel about us and let's, let's figure out how can we convert these customers to have successful adoption, right? Get more users on the platform, right? So that way when the renewal comes, because when we looked at renewal rate, it wasn't even a calculation back then, right? We, we said, well, renewal rate's pretty bad, right? If we're down to 60% of the people renew, that's terrible, right? So I started this customer success function to focus completely on that, right? And then renewals turned into, okay, well, how do we grow customers? We came up with an NRR number, net revenue retention. Um, and this kind of went from there. It was just a great experience to see customer success kind of being created by all these companies being led by Adobe in their move. Um, and I was able to be a part of that um, back in Informatica. Awesome. Um, so you mentioned obviously like Adobe really around their market cap and needing to make the move. What was sort of the initial discussions like at the company uh, saying, okay, like, hey, we need to move to a subscription-based business. We need to... Um, stop our traditional on-prem business. What was that like? Uh, what the conversations yeah, it was like? real interesting because you had the CEO saying the goal is to become a billion dollar company. And we ended up making that as a whole, Yeah, but it was a lot through on-prem licensed software. Um, but then in the meantime, we had this incubator group, which was the cloud and they called it the Informatic On Demand. They yeah. changed it to Informatica Cloud and it was all subscription. Um, and, and so it was real interesting to almost see the divergence between we're trying to get to a billion dollars versus we're trying to build the subscription business, right? And so while Adobe was doing it, other companies were starting to do it. Um, we started out on this mission to do it in like the next five years, right? So it was a very slow, some of your question, it was a slow process and you had people hanging on to the old ways, which is how am I going to get a hit million dollars by selling or a billion dollars by selling million dollar deals? Versus how can we get this product-led growth strategy where we sign up five, 10 users and then grow them to a hundred thousand. Um, so it was a really interesting concept and that we went back and forth with a lot as we were building things up, you know, renewal was a new concept. We were defining what does the metric mean, right? When we look at NRR, what does that mean? Right. And we started building metrics. We started getting usage data. It was a really great experience to really be a part of building that at a company while the world was looking at subscription in a whole different way. Yeah. And uh, definitely, I think like customer success is still very, very in its infancy in its early days. And like you said, you're defining these metrics back then, but I'm pretty sure over the next five, 10 years, there's going to be uh, new innovations in the space, new ways of structuring teams and um, excited to see where it goes from here. But 
What was it like back then as well? Like you mentioned, like defining these metrics and a handful of companies like really adopting these practices. Was there any sort of knowledge sharing amongst uh, the different software companies? And uh, how did you sort of form a line? Because I think ultimately, like, there's obviously one or two trendsetters and then a lot of uh, like people following off the back of that. But uh, back then, was there sort of any uh, sort of good networking happening and uh, knowledge sharing amongst the software businesses making the transition? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. That's, that's critical um, to, to share with other companies, just like you said. I hope. Yeah. A while back, we didn't have podcasts as much. It was a little simpler, but we, we reached out to Salesforce, right? Who was all subscription. They were no software. Yeah. And um, as a position it, and they had this new program called customers for life. And so we found the leader of that program and, uh, through connection said, Hey, let's just talk about what you're doing. We want to tell you about what we're doing, um, and see, you know, how we can do some alignment. We were also partners at the time, um, on the app exchange. And so we, we ended up really experimenting with here's what we're thinking. Um, and then, you know, our contact at Salesforce was like, okay, we, we tried that. Here's what happened. And then we told her some more things that we've done with the trials. And she's like, well, that's a great idea. I might try that here at Salesforce. So, so this, this collaboration happened with lots of different companies, but I mean, just like you said, it's about, okay, well, how, how do you kind of share what works and what doesn't as, as you're building through these pieces, right? And, and that was before customer success was really even a thing. Right. They called it customers for life, client success. Um, and really subscription wasn't a huge part, you know, fast forward to the last few years, I think Gardner actually had a quote that 96% of SaaS B2B teams, um, are going to have a customer success team. Right. I mean, it's like everyone now is getting customer success. They're putting people in place. I mean, now you have to figure out, okay, well, how do you define it? So it's not only the, the metrics, uh, what is in our why is that important? What's the difference between expansion and renewals, um, upsell, downgrade, right? All these things have happened in these companies over the last couple of years. But I think one thing that's definitely really come across everyone's board is when you buy software on a subscription, you have this opportunity to not renew it or go month to month, right? It's, it's like a whole new world where the customers are able to move back and forth and go to any different software. So the fact that that happened is really the main need for customer success. Like we have to make sure that customers that start on our platform, they start to use it, they get success, right? They have a great experience. And that's just something that everyone has seen as a must have in the business. For sure. I think like you said, it's no longer a nice have, it's a must have. I think it's also just due to the sheer demand, like a competition now in the market, the sophistication of users today, uh, the ease at which to switch, like uh, switching costs with tools, even like Segment and Linux, like they make switching to a new provider seamless with uh, some of the ways that they store data and able to replay it in services. So uh, really, really, um, it, it is like you said, like it's a must today to to set up success and to set it up uh, right from the start. I find it hard to think of a, a business today that's doing any sort of decent amount of revenue without a customer success function. That's right. That, that's... Um, so you did this a couple of times though, like transitioned the company. So I think it was other, was it a talent or trifecta where you went after and uh, moved the business from sales to um, subscription? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So I, I've, I've had some, even PTC, like at PTC, I started the first customer success team. Yeah. Um, and it was for all the IOT and, and uh, cloud groups. 
right? And that was a real great experience because it, it was similar to Informatica where they had this huge perpetual license business, right? And they were, they were trying to figure out how can we as fast as possible, as fast as Adobe did, <laughs> not only make cloud products, but also sell our existing products on description and yep. start to move fast. So we, we started there um, and, and had a great experience there on at Talent. Um, fantastic group. They, they were, they had just went public and they had, they had moved to a hundred million dollar base. Right. So that was a pretty neat company that, um, in customer success, I was able to bring the strategic services to the next level. And also the, we called it the virtual CSN, right? So what they were looking at is, okay, we have a lot of customers that are happy in our product. We have a lot of big enterprise customers and it was all about users. How do we go from three to 10 to a thousand users, right? How, how do we take every customer and make sure they're having such a great experience um, that it grows very, very fast, right? And so that those programs are about strategic programs. It's alignment. It's getting users to be fans, raving fans inside of their own organization and really promoting um, the software to other groups. So essentially you get people selling for you <laughs> in these groups. So. Customer success at that top scale is really exciting. And that's the way these big, large corporations are doing it is if you, if you have one or two users, that's great. But if you have thousands of users, right, you have, you can't, one person can't go train all thousand people, <laughs> right? One person can't go and connect with every user. You have to work on the stakeholders. You have to build these teams or centers of excellence around how can we make you as a thousand user company successful? with all these programs for that company, right? And that, that's what we did at, at Talon. Trifacta was really great. They just got bought, bought by Alteryx, actually, which is pretty exciting. Yeah. Um, Alteryx wanted a cloud product that had thousands of users already, right? And that's the things that um, I had built um, at Trifecta. So, um, you know, I had some great teams that we built these programs to really get people so excited about the software that they were the, you know, at Trifecta, they were the Trifecta expert at this bank. They were the trifecta program manager at this healthcare institute. So, I mean, it was amazing how when you build these centers of excellence, all of a sudden you had teams of 12 people that was their job, right, to promote your software. And that's, that's true customer success. When it's not just you doing it, it's you have the customer themselves doing it in their own company. Let's dive deep into that. How do you do it? <laughs> that makes perfect sense. So that. How do you grow customers beyond your wall of screens, right? We have to start with those first ones, the first users. You have to understand what is it that they love about your software. And as you do more and more of this, you get repeatable on what everybody loves about your software, right? Then you have to figure out how do you make them not only fans, but evangelists, right? And so you have to give them a platform to do that, right? You have to give them the ways and the procedures of like, how can you show what you built or what you've used, the, the business value that you've obtained from our software? How do you share that with the world? Because, you know, a lot of people, they just want to go around and be evangelists, right? And they want to share their success, right? So, you know, you start an organization, you start with one or two users, right? You figure out, okay, well, what are the things that they love about software? You give them platform, we used to call them workshops. Hey, I want you to invite people from your department to this workshop and let's talk about all the success that you've had. Once you invite people from the other department to this workshop, we'll have like a, uh, a success day, right? Or, you know, the name of your product, complete CSM day, <laughs> right? And, and you have a full day where 
You know, people can come and go. It's almost like a trade show inside of their organization that they run. And so the really cool thing about that is as you build these centers of excellence, you start delivering these days, then you start to see people that are responsible for your software as their job in their company. Right. So we were talking about Trifacta, who um Ultrix just just bought those guys. Congratulations to all of them. Um, we found that like at some of the largest banks in the world, they would have this Trifecta team. They had 12 people that were they were being uh they were employed by that bank, but they were the Trifecta team. Uh, and we would help that team really evangelize. Right. And so if if you look at it from that perspective of just going as big as possible, um, making sure that you spread the word showing the value that all those different users are getting from your software and, and letting them evangelize it. That's fantastic. Right. And that just goes on and on. Now, the, when, when I look at what happened in the pandemic, right, this was about two years ago, you couldn't do that anymore. You couldn't go on site and do these days. Right. So then you had to start doing them virtual. Right. So. Everything changed and, and we started to see that, man, everyone now is on a Teams call or a Zoom call. You know, Gong was really taken off, right? Gong is a recording platform. And we started to see that, you know, digital transformation just got accelerated 200 fold, right? It was insane, right? It's this, this multiplier of interactions that are exponential. And, and so the, I got with my co-founder now and we said, Hey, we should start a company around customer success, um, to capture these signals because now they're all digital, right? It's not just, it's not just this crazy, you know, let's fly everywhere and go do workshops and really figure out how to grow these companies. It's like, how do we do it at scale? How do we do it? Because everyone is now going digital and that's how we started the company complete CSF. Very cool. Let's go into a little bit of detail on these days as well. And, um, how they were being conducted, like how being set up, and we'll dive a little bit into complete CSM in a bit. But what would the days be structured like? And just for clarity, would this be something that you would go and let's say Microsoft was a customer, you would go in and say, okay, um, today is Microsoft success day, and we're going to talk about all the success you've had with using our tool or service and facilitate workshops and how to sort of uh, get the most out of the product or service. So was this predominantly being done with large enterprise clients? Is this a, a behavior that you see working elsewhere? I, I, that's a great question. So you have to seed it and then grow it, right? So you can't just start off with, you know, thousands of people. Like you said, you have to start off with, okay, we have some fans, right? Let's figure out how to set up a day to get more fans and then it compounds on itself, right? So the first step is, Hey, let's, let's make a little flyer brochure that says, Hey, we're going to start a, we're going to start a success day, um, with our software. And here's what we're going to talk about. We're going to have this great speaker, which, um, you know, if you're, if, if anyone's connected, you, you know, someone that's somebody <laughs> and can talk about the software and talk about even their space, their vertical. Yeah. Uh, so we get some kind of speaker, even for half an hour, um, just to kind of talk, you know, give a little pep talk to the group. I mean, that's the, nothing to do with the software, but remember, you know, you're trying to make this day really awesome. You make it so people um, come and go as they please, but they come to a certain session. So then we say, okay, we're going to have this session with our product team. Um, that's going to be all the new things that are coming out. It's going to be fantastic. And then we're going to have sessions with these users, these raving fans. All right, well, let's talk about what I did in my job and my, you know, in this role 
that really turned the dial. They got a great ROI or it, you know, really saved a lot of money, right? I mean, it, it made us a lot of money, whatever it is, their use cases, you know, let, let the users go and explain their story, even for 10 minutes. Right. And so what we found was we would find these days, we give a nice firm agenda. And then we, we had specified times. Everybody came to the different times. Yeah. Right. And so well, once we built these days up, then those initial evangelists, they said, Hey man, all I want to do is work on your product all day. And I want to be more full-time and tell other people about it. So then where you get to, and sometimes it takes three, six months, or maybe even longer. That's okay. Well, now let's set up a day, but we'll help you do it. Right. So then as the vendor, you're helping the customer set up their own day. Um, and they're evangelizing for you and they start bringing other groups in. I mean, at, at one place, I think we had like a hundred people come to one of these days and they had to, they had to reserve their big, uh, kind of auditorium space, um, so that everybody could come and kind of watch. And it, it ranges from that to workshops where we do, um, kind of, kind of like at a convention, if you think of conventions that you go to, yep. or you do, I guess we're going back now. And you know, those, those conventions are, Hey, have, have a little lab here yet. Or you could go build whatever you want over here, or you can go get whatever you want out of, out of this piece. Um, and and it, it's kind of a neat uh, way to think about it because it's not just, let me go hold a QBR with the customer. Let me go do cadence calls, but let's, let's, let's have a, a big show basically, um, yeah. around all this, around customers being successful with their software and how can other people be successful like them? Um, and that's what we drove. Very interesting. And then. Like the size of companies that you were doing this for, like what was the, the contract value? Because it sounds like a lot of work to set up one of these days and uh, just try to understand like who is this being done for and what was uh, the level of scale that they were at? <laughs> that, that's a great question. That gets into a lot of customer success things. Um, so when, when you think about how you segment your customers, you know, there's different ways to do it. So I, I think the best way is to segment them by their propensity. So you have like, okay, these are my strategic expansion customers. They may be a tiny deal, a tiny AR deal, like maybe even 5,000, but they could be a man, right? And then I have my like retained customers, even if they're a man, they're probably not going to expand right now. So the way that you can, you can segment your customer base is, is put them in these buckets of their propensity of what they're going to do next, right? And so now the, the customers that are up for these big centers of excellence and these big, um, success days, they're, they're the customers that have a really high propensity and they also have a lot of, a lot of people, right? So even if you had a PG customer that was only a few people, that would be kind of tough. So you're looking for, um, like banks and the healthcare are huge and they're great because they have hundreds of thousands of people, right? <laughs> and so that's where you, you would do that. And if they have a, a a strategic aspect, which most of them do because of that many people, that's where you can focus your time and energy. If you did the same thing for a company that only had a couple hundred people, it, it wouldn't work as well because the, the, the pond's not as big. Exactly. Yeah. And the, the ROI, I think of like setting something up and the amount of investment and time that goes into it. But so it's good just to get a little bit of context around the size you mentioned then as well, like Initially, you would set these days up, you would bring in speakers and you would bring in product team potentially and so forth. And then it would progress to having someone on their team set these days up and go forward. Like, what are some of the tools that you're providing 
uh, to the teams internally? Like, how are you arming them to go about setting things up? Well, the, that's a great question. So the, the tools, of course, they're already experts in our software, or at least they've, they've, they've created some great outcomes with it. Um, the, the tools are, you know, it, it sounds kind of simple, but back in the day, it was like, let's bring in lunch, right? Let's schedule that and let's make sure you have a room that holds, you know, 50 people. And then we want to try to fill it. So it doesn't look like it's a, it's a, it's a, it's an unfun event, right? You want to fill it. So the, the tools, you kind of give people momentum, you give them the, the decks that they can wrap around their demonstrations of the product. So, so you give them kind of the show. Uh, a lot of times we'll even do videos, let them do a two minute video or one minute video. Right. And that, that's good for the software company too, because you get all this collateral, right. And you, you start getting things, but you, know, you to make, to make them successful, you, you're, you basically become this event planner, um, and, and you, you give them tools to make it a really big show and not just a few people sitting around a room and um, sharing stories. So it, it goes from this, it, it's a cool collaboration to a, man, this is awesome. Um, this yeah. is the, this is the greatest thing that we've done ever. Um, and that, that's the mindset that you, you want to kind of build toward, uh, when you're putting these together. Cool. So you, you really then like from one aspect, starting out, you're finding the, the, the larger clients, the ones who have the more propensity to expand and grow, uh, setting up days and workshops with them where you bring in maybe a speaker, someone from the product team, uh, talking about success stories and just showing off success and slowly over time from there, like really trying to find who are the key evangelists within this organization, who are the ones that love the software and product the most. And then working with them to replicate that so it scales within the organization. And I think that's a lovely point to get to where you actually have advocates within the company. Like we talk about on the show quite a lot, customer champions. Uh, the more you can sort of expand the number of customer champions within an organization, the better. And really it also then protects you against churn and retention as if you have someone within the organization really fighting for your product or service and you can expand the number of those uh, and um, the number of users really seeing and establishing the value. Um, it, it's a big place to be because a lot of times our companies may work with customers and larger customers. They'll chat to one of the key stakeholders and it stays there, but really like that's a huge risk for churn. It's like, if you only have one point of contact and uh, one person that you're dealing with, uh, using your product service, like people move around all the time, they switch jobs, they change things up. And like, uh, as soon as they leave, that's, that's a big like, uh, flag right there as well. So. No, that's true. I mean, and there, there's a lot of, like, I know we haven't gotten to the, the signals out there and who's saying what, but when I think about a watermelon customer, right. And you say, well, they're green on the outside and they're red on the inside. Like those, those are customers that all of a sudden you thought everything was great from the people that you're talking to the users, but then they end up turning or downsell because you're not connected with the people that are the buyers. Right. And so when you get these huge organizations and you have a lot of users, you also have to spend time on the different roles. Like who's the stakeholder, who's the champion. And then, so to avoid the watermelon customer uh, piece, you have to look for, okay, well, it's not only the users are happy, but also are the stakeholders getting value from what the users are doing. Yeah. Right. So this, this is a real interesting concept. It, it's a lot of what we, we bait our intelligence software on is, you know, who's happy between the user pulse and the champion pulse, right? So you have to really understand, you know, out of everyone that's happy, you know, who is it? Did, can they make the decision or not? 
And then you, you look at all the signals because everyone's interacting with your company somehow. Support tickets, web chats, these big days are doing Zoom calls. So when you look at all these signals from customers, then you have to decipher not only what are each person's intentions, but then also, you know, who could actually make decisions, right? And that's the huge piece of determining, you know, what that customer is going to do next, who to select. Um, and then that, that insight really can, can get you to the next level, deciding what to do next um, as a team and who to focus on. Yeah. So talk us a little bit through that then as well. You mentioned, uh, this is one of the, the use cases and reasons you built complete CSM. Um, tell us a little bit more about the company and, um, what you actually do. Oh, um, appreciate that. I mean, what we saw was pandemic came, we really weren't able to go on site anymore. And so we're going to start doing these workshops virtual, right? And we, we can figure it out. Everyone, everyone in the industry tried to figure out how do you do a virtual convention? How do you do a virtual thing? Um, and at the same time, everyone started working from home and started taking their daily Zoom meetings, right? And so it just started becoming, people figured out how to transform digitally. Now, all of, all of this interaction data is now available, right? So there's this huge change, like everything's changed now because now we actually capture everything or you can, um, and, the, and if you look at the data and what's being captured, those are those signals, right? So now customers are actually telling you what's going on, maybe not directly, but in their own little waves. And so we have to figure it out. So we said, okay, well, let's start a company using customer success and AI. And so what did that look like? Okay. Well, we're going to harness all of these digital interactions because there's an explosion of them, right? We're going to figure out how, what are, what are CSMs responsible for and how, what do they know already? So operational data. Like who's the champion, <laughs> who's the user, right? What, what is their usage data, right? You, you take all this data that's already in like a Salesforce or a Gainsight or, or a plan and you look at this operational data and you see that it's just massive and no one really has intelligence around it, right? People are starting to hire data scientists now. They're like, man, there's so much data now. We don't even know what to do, right? So let's go hire data scientists. Let's figure out what's going to be next. And let's just start maybe with usage and then figure it out. So what we noticed was everything changed. So we said, okay, let's start a company around how do you scale teams and customer success? Like what I had done, um, over the past 15 years, and how do we use technology to do it? Right. So th this became, man, this is super exciting. We're going to take the interactions. We're going to line up with the CSM operational data, and then we're going to add intelligence to give CSM. What are the next things that they should be looking at next? Um, to affect revenue in our um, and that's, that's where we got to where we are. Very nice. Um, what is the biggest challenge that you face today as a company? Like, um, where do you see the biggest challenge going forward? Well, that, that, that's a, that's a great question. So when I, when I think about the challenges that we've had is who has the most data, you know, it's the enterprise companies. They have these signal generators, I call them which have hundreds of different support systems. They have usage data like Keep and Pindo, right? They're using Zendesk, they're using the Salesforce tickets. So there's so much data out there and it's all locked down with IT, right? Security is becoming this big overwhelming concern. And so, and it should be. So one of the biggest things we did last year was we got our stock to security compliance. So that was the biggest challenge so that you know, when we worked with people's data, they knew it was secure, right? And that, that was a six month effort 
uh, to make sure that everyone had the right trust and capability there. So when you look at that challenge, and that that's been that, that that was a big one. And now we have some enterprise customers that hey, we we trust you now because you've been validated. Let's go do it. Now the other aspect that we're going down as far as challenges is product-led growth, right? How, how can people start with customer intelligence, right? Just just start using it, right? Because if, if you look at the market, customer intelligence is kind of this new thing. You know, people have to go integrate with 100 systems and do all this work. Well, we found that people every day are using Slack. They're using Salesforce. There's a lot of data is already there. Right. So how do we make it so that people can get customer success intelligence, right? By just, you know, download the Slack customer channels and understand how those people feel about you, right? Link into your Salesforce support tickets with just a simple click off an app exchange, right? So the, the challenges were security and then it's, it's getting started virtually. Um, and that's what we really put a lot of focus on. Like, how do you democratize customer intelligence? Make it so everyone can have it. Yep, for sure. I understand those challenges as well. Um, so yourself, right? Andrew? Exactly. Exactly. Um, so let's, um, ask a question that I ask every guest. Let's imagine a hypothetical scenario. You join a new company, channel retention is not doing great. Uh, the CEO comes to you and says, like, Hey, Brian, we really need to turn things around. We have 90 days to do it. You're in charge. What do you do? catch you're not going to tell me i speak to customers and figure out the pain points and start there you're just going to take some playbook that you've seen be effective in the past and run with it blindly hoping that it works what would be that one thing that you would try to reduce churn fast man andrew i I, i've started customer success or or taken it over at some different places and probably the most important piece of this is change management with the team, not only the executives, but the team, because whatever is going on, whatever reason you were brought into that company to, to start up their customer success, the, the team might not feel that same way. <laughs> right. And so if, if you roll in guns blazing and, and just start, you know, Hey, we're going to do this now at the nine, 180 degree motion that, that throws everybody off. Right. So I, my, my first suggestion is the, the one thing that you want to do is spend time with the team, understanding what's working and what's not, and spend time with customers, understanding what's working and what's not as part of a 90 day plan. And you're totally right on that. I mean, any executive starting a team, you, you have to manage expectations of everybody of the, of your other peer executives and also your team. So 90 day plan is critical. Um, and then following it. So then, you know, when, once we got that said, you know, what's the one thing that you can really do? Um, I, I, I think the, the one thing you can do is, is figure out how, how to crowdsource your users, right? And, uh, that's, you know, crowdsourcing is an interesting concept. You're getting people to kind of do like things together, right? And so that, that's what I've always kind of looked at user base. I mean, there's. There's so many different types of SaaS businesses out there or, or subscription businesses. They all work differently and everyone tries to figure out how to make them work, um, in their own way. But I think the key is how do you crowdsource it? So you start getting these pockets of successful users that are doing the same things and then they're telling everyone else about it. Right. So as you can tell, I'm, I'm big on scaling, right? It, you can't scale by just putting much thing in place. You have to 
scale by working with the people. Right. And so that, that's how you understand, okay, well, Hey, all these people are doing the same thing. That's great. So let's, let's go get more people doing those things. So now let's go figure out, okay, well, how, well, those things that they're doing, how do we put them on the community? How do we do more videos on them? How do we tell other people and evangelize those things and then get them to evangelize those things that they're doing already, uh, to, to really scale out and just get a, you know, raving fans, I call them, and then evangelists of your product. I mean, that's, that's the key. No matter how you look at customer success, if you don't have raving fans and evangelists, then you, you have really nothing <laughs> in my opinion. So you'd really then just double down on, um, finding those really happy, successful customers and using their stories and their successes to leverage, to educate others, to get others excited about the product or service. Yeah. Make, make it repeatable and make it crowdsourced. So you're, you're totally Good. right. What's one thing that you know today that you wish you knew when you got started with your career about channel retention? That's, I, I love the surprise question, <laughs> Andrew, what, what, what I know today, you know, when I first started, um, customer success, there, there were no metrics around it. Like how, how do you measure good or bad? And so we put massive effort into that and that was great, but we, we looked at companies as a whole, we, we measured subscription by ACV, you know, contract value and in, in, in our, we call it net expansion actually back then. Um, never retention and never, never any retention, the new name for her. But you, know, what did I learn? I, I think you have to get, you have to see where you're at and then set goals to where you're going. Right. And, and so when I, when I look at, man, I wish I would have done that. You know, I wish I would have spent more time, you know, trying to set those goals and then iterating on them. Like you can't just set a year goal, give yourself a year, right. You got to set, you know, weekly, monthly, uh, quarterly goals that are simple. Right. Yeah. Two or three goals that you can align people around. They're not just your goals with the CTO, they're your goals with the team. Right. And so I, th I think that's an important thing that I've learned is that it's all about the team, right? No matter what you do, the, the team has to be part of building the programs that you're in, um, and, and work together to get everyone excited about it. Then you're this kind of unstoppable force that everyone's on the same page and we're all doing great things. Yeah. Alignment. So we talk about this a lot in the show, but like having really strong alignments and focus, uh, is, is the best way to sort of really make a dent on general retention. If everybody's pulling at different angles and they're going from different directions, they've got different goals. Um, really you end up going nowhere because, uh, people focus on individual metrics and numbers and, uh, without having like a clear direction and a uh, clear goal saying, okay, we're all in this together. We're all here to sort of like reduce churn, create custom evangelists. Um, we selfishly go off on our own paths. Fine on, Andrew. Brian, it's been a pleasure chatting to you today. What is like, uh, just before we go, like, is there any final thoughts you want to leave the listeners with? Like, how can they keep up to speed with your work? Um, yeah, I, I love that, um, we're talking about customer success intelligence, right. And, and how you do it. So basically it's it, the concept of what works. Right. Getting raving fans, getting evangelistic users and scaling that. Right. We just wrote an article on Harvard business review, which is how can, how can AI help improve your EQ? Right. And so the way we look at this is in my career, I've built programs that scale, right? Now we can use AI to really understand how they're affecting people, what those people feel about you, what they intend to do next. Um, so it, it's, it's really an interesting study. 
on the evolution of customer success. I know to a lot of folks, customer success came out of nowhere a year ago or two years ago, right? And I, I've heard that before. Um, and I, I and I, I like the new perspective on a lot of areas, but yeah, it's, it's how do you scale it um, and go down this path of not just 10, 100,000 users, millions of users, right? How do you affect that? And that's, that's what we're all about at Complete CSM. So you can find us at uh, completecsm.ai. Um, and uh, we'd, we'd love to have you come talk to us. Very cool. Uh, we'll definitely make sure to leave uh, the notes and the references you just mentioned now in the show notes. If you want to check those out later, you can. Um, but yeah, everyone, it was a pleasure attending today. Uh, thank you so much for the time and I uh, wish you best of luck going forward. Thanks so much, Andrew. Yeah, it is. And that's a wrap for the show today with me, Andrew Michael. I really hope you enjoyed it and you're able to pull out something valuable for your business. To keep up to date with Churn.fm and be notified about new episodes, blog posts, and more, subscribe to our mailing list by visiting churn.fm. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our show on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. If you have any feedback, good or bad, I would love to hear from you. And you can provide your blunt, direct feedback by sending it to andrew at churn.fm. Lastly, but most importantly, if you enjoyed this episode, please share it and leave a review as it really helps get the word out and grow the community. Thanks again for listening. See you again next week.